Welcome everybody, welcome back. It is time for another episode. Lex, we got you here back on the podcast. Let's start with uh, listeners, by the way. How rude of me. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for listening. Always appreciate it. Those of you in the Patreon, uh, up in the chat, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Um, Luis Neary returned this weekend. Uh, Neary trying to itch and claw his way to a title shot. Um, he lost his title to Brandon Figueroa. He returns against Azat Hovanesian. And uh, Luis Neary winds up getting a late stoppage. Um, what you see from Luis Neary, though, in this fight? I mean, I, I would say, and maybe I'm going to you know, give you a premise work on that maybe you don't agree with, but I thought Luis Neary has not looked good in his last few fights. So where where did you sit on uh, Luis Neary's performance this past weekend? I thought Luis Neary did his thing, man. Honestly, I thought uh, he did what he needed to do, right? Like, I agree with you that his last few fights, he didn't look good. And I thought his, his he had been kind of, like, I don't like to use the word exposed, but I think that in his last few fights, there was a weakness that kind of like showed in his style. And it was that if you could bully him, like he doesn't respond so well to it. And uh, I thought Azat tried to like bully him and like (laughs) really stepped to him and he stood up to it. I thought he was going to fall if he didn't. And the fight ended up being pretty entertaining. I mean, I know Fred was like... (laughs) Fred was giving people a hard time for saying it's the early fight of the year leader, but it probably is. I mean, they were going back like, and forth. It was pretty we've had like seven fights huh? so far. We've had like seven fights so far. Like it's not really saying much. Yeah, I mean, it's mad early. It's mad early, but still like of all the fights that have happened so far this year, I'd say that was the most, I think that was the most entertaining. Could be wrong, but it was a good fight. And uh, he did his thing, man. I think Neri put his name back in the hat. You know, it's someone that, I don't know, like you, if if you thought that his last few fights he didn't look so good, I think maybe this fight may have like washed the taste out of your mouth. I think people are just one of those out there. I think people have already forgot how good of a fight Rashidi Ellis versus Romain Villa uh, was. I just want to. I would pick. Toss that I would there. pick Neri versus uh, Azat over. That. I mean, that was that fight was cool, but like Rashidi wasn't fighting in a way that was like like dope to watch for real for real well like he was doing what he needed to do to win but it wasn't like what most people would normally call like fight of the year caliber i think the drama and the like the the momentum shift in that fight um and then also the the judges getting the scorecards i think right uh that really made that fight great i'm not saying that um that's like the fight of the year but like there have been some really good fights this year that um we should you know, make sure we keep in the front of our mind as we ad- advance into the year and forget stuff. But I thought, you know, you said you didn't want to say it, that Neary had been kind of exposed. And I feel like in a way that's almost true. I felt like Neary in his last few fights, the Carlos Castro fight showed really the best and worst of Neary, which was that like, yeah, that dude has power for a... a, a a small bantamweight. Uh, actually, he's a super bantamweight, but he's just on the smaller end at super bantamweight. But also, he's prone to just do just enough to get by. 
and he can be pushed around. He he does at times look uncomfortable with pressure, which is kind of funny when you think about it, because it's like, I mean, if you if you've not watched a ton of Luis Neri, you'd think that that's what he excelled at. But I was actually really impressed with what I saw on Saturday night. Um, we'll get into you know future matchups, of course, but I thought that Neri added a wrinkle to his defense that he desperately needed. And what it was was a way for him to bank rounds. I think when it comes down to a firefight, Neri can probably gut them out. I don't think anybody else at 122 can bring what uh, Azat brought to the ring on Saturday night. I mean, there are guys that can fight on the inside. There are guys that are active, but no one had that combination of like, just like straight up, I'm going to get in your ass and you better be ready to swim uh, in this deep end. And unfortunately for Azat though, there are a couple of things that he did not have, which is like, I don't think he was as cool in the heat of those Clint or in the heat of those exchanges as Neri was. And he just didn't have the power to match it. But I thought Neri adding in, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like he pulled out the shoulder roll for the first five or six rounds. And I think he won just about all the, the first five or six rounds. And like the defense, like in terms of dudes who've like, just like randomly added the shoulder roll as a, like an integral part of their style, like at random points in their career, I think Neri actually pulled it off the best that I've seen so far of anyone who's just like randomly added it. Let me know if you can think of anybody else who has done it well. I think I'll pick Birdo. No, 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 no. It's not even a funny <laughs> joke to make. Like that was so bad that you can't even joke. <laughs> Birdo was the first terrible. guy that like, I'm okay. Maybe this is going to be mean, but like, Robert Guerrero ain't never made somebody's face look like that. Let's just say that. Yeah. But uh, I thought Neri was really good with it. I, I also thought that the commentary, and you know, Corey's our friend. We love Corey. Um, but I thought that they had it wrong. Or at least I disagreed with the way they were calling that fight. And, and Sergio Mora was just like really just embarrassingly biased toward um, Azat, even though he did at times credit, uh, you know, he complimented Neri but it was clear which way they wanted that fight to go or he wanted that fight to go. And um, I think they missed that Neri just seemed so much more, he seemed very comfortable in those exchanges. And when Azad was really bringing that pressure, Neri did not like give me the vibe that um, he wasn't, like he like he was just kind of like not having a strategy. It was really clear. And then even towards the end of that fight, when he finally heard him, you could tell like Neri stopped moving and just start, started standing there. And it's really obvious if you go back and watch the highlight, especially of when he dropped them that last time. Azat's punches were like struggle punches. They were like completely squared up. I have no energy left, but all I know is throw punches. So he was just keeping his arms moving. And like Neri just waited for him to do that and would time him at the end. And like Azat at some point was going to go and he winds up going. But um, yeah, I thought from if we look at Neri's last four years or so of matchmaking, that's clearly the best he's looked in a while. And maybe Azat's not that good. I don't know. It's possible. But I mean, he's good at what he does, I think. And what Neri did was pretty impressive to me. It was a good fight. It was a good fight. Um, and I think you'd be justified in like 
like at the halfway point of that fight, thinking maybe Azat would end up winning, I think that'd be a perfectly fine like thought. Like Nary has given us enough reason to think he may drop the fight, but he didn't drop the fight. He did what he needed. He beat down and won. Um, <laughs> nothing negative to say really. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I like Nery. I I enjoy his like, like I'm gonna do what I want to do. F you attitude. It's pretty funny and entertaining. <laughs> um, I think he embraces being the bully, which is why sometimes he folds under pressure as bullies tend to. But um, good point. I don't know, man. I'm 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 whatever. Like fire up the Nery hype train. I'm, I fuck with it. Like I'm with it. Nery is like, he's one of the few guys in boxing that. He does what he does. I think he's like 100% being himself and people don't like it generally and he embraces it. You see a lot of guys do that and then they try to defend themselves. Like we literally saw today like a boxer get criticized and then he just started saying, fuck everyone. What would I, you know, I don't care what you think. Terrence Crawford is known for doing this. Just like having super thin skin and Neary goes the exact other way and just like you can tell like he loves being the bad guy and it was really funny though over the course of the fight understanding this about neary his whole career like him constantly like complaining to the ref and looking annoyed that azat was like doing dirty shit which he was but you know but i didn't think it was like josh warrington dirty but he was doing you know he was bending the rules here and there and neary was just like so irritated about it it's like Dear, you are like, I mean, the personification of what is happening, like using your forum and shit. You are literally that in your day to day life. <laughs> uh, but I guess that kind of adds to it, like of just him being like just not likable. Uh, but to me, I think it's really no, funny but he, because he, he's like the guy. He's like the not likable guy. But like, while all these other fighters seem to try to do it, and like, like. Like they try to do a thinking, they're like floating their way into the situation, but they're really just being pricks. Neri <laughs> is actually doing what like these guys dream to be doing. Like Crawford on Twitter and this other guy on Twitter thinking they're being annoying and big braining is nah, bro. You need to take notes from Neri. He's the god of this shit right now, by far. Uh yeah, Neri is like that dude really just does not give a shit. On it, it it works because everybody everybody like either complains about him or wants him to lose, and it it usually backfires. I mean, this all started because Neri beat Yamanaka. If Neri does not beat Yamanaka, I feel like people wind up liking him more. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. It could be a lot of things. I mean, he's been like he's had weight issues. I think he he may have tested dirty, maybe. I forget. Uh, did he test dirty? He did for the, the first Yamanaka fight, but it was never like I, I feel like um he tested dirty, but they couldn't prove anything. So he was allowed to go through with the fight. He's also missed weight a bunch of times. Actually, I don't know if it's a bunch, but he's probably missed weight once or twice. Yeah, I mean once or twice is a pretty good amount, honestly, but it, it's it's definitely enough to like convince people permanently about something <laughs> right uh all right um so neary says that he wants the winner of fulton and in a way do you give 
nearly a shot against either of those guys. No. All right. Well, this was a you just check this I mean, one off I, the I list. Know. Like, I don't like first of all, what is his status? I'm kind of curious. Is he like with Golden Boy or was this just like a one off? No, nah, he is not with Golden Boy. He is with um he's with Zanfer. His deal with PBC, I think, is up, so he's basically just a free agent. Okay, so or maybe because I thought he traded him to just like the fucking scrap heap after the Carlos Castro fight and the dude failed to deliver anything exciting. I don't know. No, but I know he's not. With yeah, Golden no, Boy. I only ask because it, it matters. Like everybody wants to see certain fights, but if the, the positioning doesn't make sense for said fight, that's like the odds we get it are unlikely. But since he's a free agent, then yeah, I mean. Are the fights are both of those fights are possible? Um, I would pick against him with Fulton. The only way I could see Fulton losing is it, at this weight is if someone could just put him to sleep. And I guess like Fulton, uh, Inoue, Inoue would potentially be the best person to do that. I just don't know if he would not. Um, and then on the flip side, if it was Inoue, I, I just think that's a bad matchup for uh, for freaking uh, Neri. He is a uh, like I don't, I don't think the bully style will bother Inoue, and not only that, like I think over the course of twelve rounds, Inoue would catch Neri with something that like hurts him bad enough that the fight doesn't continue. Uh, I, I am, I'm with you. I think Neri is, um, I think he's vulnerable. I, I don't know that Neri's like, I wouldn't go to, go as far to say his chinny. I mean, he did take shots in this fight. Uh, I wouldn't go so far to say it's Jenny, but like, I think in a way, clearly, I, I think with in a way, he's got he's proven his power enough that like you can't just rule that out. And I think anybody who's, I mean, actually, probably everybody's susceptible to getting stopped by him. But I think Neri more so. I think there's definitely the potential there. Um, I do think it would be a really interesting fight, though. I actually really like Neri against either guy a lot. And in fact, I don't give a fuck who wins. I would like to see Neri fight both of those guys, win or lose. You know, maybe they just both knock each other out. I don't care. Um, I think Neri makes good fights with both of them. I think Fulton would be because Fulton is what I mean. What I really like watching about Fulton is that, and I, I I really can't see a fighter since like Andre Ward that really brings what he brings to the ring which is like fulton is like his style kind of shifts and he's good at the neutralizing aspect of a fight and so he's going to take away what it is that you are you are good at or what you want to do in the fight um and and that's why fulton's wins tend to look very differently from fight to fight in a way, we kind of know what we're getting, which is like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe in a way at this point is a self-fulfilling prophecy where dudes are knocked out before they even step in the ring because they just like his reputation precedes him. Uh, I think Deontay brings a, lo a lot of that to the ring where guys are so shook of like getting hit with the right hand that like they almost go the opposite way and just make it a lot easier for him to get that right hand there. In a way, is a dude that I think has got these dudes shook. And... um you know, it, it becomes a, a problem when it's like those dudes are just trying so hard and they're so stiff to, to not get hit with that shot. Um, and, and I do think it would come against Neri at some point. 
But I think it'd be interesting. Like if Neri's able to keep Inouye off of him for five rounds, the way he did Azat, uh, just kind of like moving and boxing, that fight starts to open up big time. And I mean, we also can't rule out that Neri does have some power. I think Fulton would reverse things on Neri. And I feel like Fulton would go back. Um, you know, he really took the fight to Brandon Figueroa. Certainly uh, had a lot more success with it than uh, Neri did. I I can see Fulton being the one walking Neri down. Whereas I think in a way is much more of a boxing match that Neri probably loses. I think they both beat Neri for, for the record. The thing is, like, all three guys are sharp, right? But, like, I'd say of the three, Neri is the least sharp. But he's he's also very physical. And so, like, that combination of being kind of sharp but very physical, it could be a problem for a lot of guys. But against Fulton, like, he's sharper and just as physical. And in a way, is, like, the most sharp of the three he's the biggest puncher with that's why he's such a fucking crap like i'm not an in a way truther by any means but like i'm not gonna like lie about what i see the kid is a sharp ass puncher like he's precise as fuck and he's lo- he's loading up on big shots that are landing exactly where he wants them to but i just i don't know how physical in a way is like we've never been able we've never really seen anyone be able to push him in that way um we may see it with the fulton fight but the um if he yeah. got into a fight with Neri, I don't think it would matter because yeah. I just don't think like the physicality could overcome the sharpness in that one personally. Yeah, I think that's one of the really interesting things. I think probably one of the more interesting things about any fight coming up that we have assigned at, at least, um, which is how is Fulton going to fight that fight? What style is he going to gonna choose? And um, obviously, will it work? But like, I think that decision will be really interesting to to watch um but yeah the the akmadalia fight i'm not like if it happens i think i would take neri in that fight um i don't really think it's gonna happen but you know akmadalia last we saw looked pretty heavy and needs to get down and wait and i think he's got um some sanctioning body uh business to take care of before he will be in the running for one of these fights. But he I think he should be available before in a way in Fulton would be available. So there is that. Uh yeah, right. MJ hype is over though. I mean that's 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 long gone. Like he had he the MJ hype is where the Madrimov hype is, which is in the drain. Like no one gives his rat's ass about either guy. It's over with. Um, it just happens one guy's about another doesn't well one guy He's a unified champion. The other guy never quite made it to that point. But, um, yeah, I, I think Akhmedaliev, the iron was hot long ago. And they did not strike when it was. Um, all right. Next, we had, in the UK, the latest episode of Mauricio Lara goes and beats up a matchroom guy. <laughs> this time, the lucky individual was the... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if we should call this dude the WBA champion because the WBA uh, for a long time recognized two champions, um, Leo Santa Cruz, and then, you know, it was uh, Lee Wood at the time. And uh, they really thought that they had a guy that could beat Mauricio Lara. And 
Sean Gibbons sent Mauricio Lara yet again to the UK. And uh, once again, Mauricio Lara does what he does, which is look like he's sort of competent at boxing and then uh, decides uh, enough is enough, lands a big hook and ends the fight. Mauricio Lara dropped him really bad. I forgot what round it was, like seven or eight. And then, um, and then Lee Wood gets up, by the way, they posted the ringside shot of that, um, the, the knockdown. If you listen to that with headphones on, I think it becomes very, very obvious why they stopped that fight. But anyway, um, Lee Wood gets up. The fact it wasn't waved off by the ref is such a, a joke to me because, and I tweeted this, like, UK refs are typically pretty safe when it comes to calling fights. Like, if the second shit looks sketchy, their hands are getting waved. And I think if the roles were reversed, I don't think Lars getting to eight, to be honest. I think if by six is waved off. I will say that the UK refs have been on, on some different shit lately because I think thus far this year, I've seen some stoppages that were trending on the late side uh, <laughs> on the undercard. Gamalyafai got the shit beat out of him. And uh, we're talking uh, beat from pillar to post, getting up from multiple knockdowns, um, was allowed to keep fighting. And I feel like, um, you know, maybe uh, they were, they're just on some, some other stuff this year. But, um, but yeah, they, they, they let the fight. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I wonder. Why don't if, we talk about that, though? Like, do you think the stoppage was correct or no? I'll answer with the question. Does, should the referee, um, you know, officiate the fight? without any context of what's happening, you know, in the fight, which is to say, should the referee really take into consideration how much time is left in a round when assessing the health of a fighter? I think the health of the fighter should be paramount. Because, I mean, the question exists in all sports. Like, you know, in the Super Bowl, one of the final plays of the game, they called a penalty because it was a rightful call. One of the defenders held the receiver, which gave the Chiefs all but a guaranteed win. Does should and, and so some of the people were saying like the refs gotta know the situation. You can't call a penalty right then. And it's like, but that's a penalty. What does that mean though? Like, okay, who are you rooting for if that's your opinion? Like if the tables were turned, like you think the the team who benefited <laughs> from the penalty is gonna be like, oh they should have called it. <laughs> Like, the situation, whatever. Like, no, man. Like, the penalty's a penalty. This guy was concussed, clearly. Not only did he get knocked out on his chin, his head whiplashed and hit the back of his head, smacked off the ring. Like, that's the guy you want to let go on? Like, come on, man. Again, listen to, uh, watch that clip with headphones on because you hear, you know, obviously the sound of the punch land, but you hear his head hit the canvas. Um... Now, granted, I've never been punched by Mauricio Lara, but I uh, stupidly jumped up to catch a ball once and fell on my back and had that whiplash moment on grass, no less. That was horrible. <clears throat> <clears throat> so, 
So I can only imagine what Lee Wood was going through at that moment. Gets up, his leg does a little dance. And then uh, as the ref is about to allow things to continue with like less than 10 seconds going around, the towel comes in, fight over. So the question is like, was it the right call? I think that in this situation, you can't have it both ways because we have so many examples of people saying the ref should have, the, the, the corner needs to be the one to stop it. The corner knows best, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, last year we had the David Morrell versus Eidos, uh, the Eidos Yerbus, I can't remember how to say his name. Uh, but, smoothie or something like that. Yeah, it was something like that. But it was clear that the fight needed to be stopped for like five rounds. <laughs> and the corner just let it go. And if you assess the situation, I mean, was Idols ever going to get another world title shot? Maybe not. Um, yeah, God might not line, get he was God might not got his, a second breath as this. <laughs> I mean, he never got knocked down. For you know, Morel slowed down significantly after the fourth round. You know, maybe Idos's team had the you know you could see them getting having the thought that like okay the tide's turning and if we just keep doing what we're doing we're, we're gonna turn it around at some point and um obviously it didn't end well for them but you know there there's that side of it where people were furious with the the trainer so in this situation was it the right call and I will say given that it was Ben Davison it was absolutely the wrong call <laughs> that's funny no, I, I honestly, I think it was the right call. Um, there's a rematch clause. Uh, you're far more likely to win the rematch. Like, let's think about this. Lee Wood's far more likely to win the rematch than he was coming back and winning that fight. A minute was not yeah, enough to recover. At some point, he was going to get caught again. That's the thing. I don't think that he was uh, on his way to just coast to a 12-round decision. Yeah, I mean, the way he was fighting, like, that outcome was pretty i don't say inevitable but like he was asking for it a little bit man you can't can't fight a whole fight like that i'm just trying to like bomb a dude out like that's not who you are bro oh, I, I mean i thought that it's funny because like i thought before the fight if he just boxes he's going to win a close to sit like uh he's going to win a comfortable decision whether the fight is close or not he's going to get the decision they're in the uk so you got to take that into consideration. But I also think Mauricio Lara is not very good as a boxer. He is a risk taker and will put himself in position. Um, I guess the, the equivalent is like, like he's going to put his shots up. And while he's not the best three-point shooter, at the end of the game, he's going to shoot more three-pointers than the guy who's only going to take open shots. And Mauricio Lara winds up you know, landing those these big shots over the course of a fight and breaks dudes down, which is what he did to Lee Wood. Um, but if Lee Wood would have just boxed, I think he would have been fine. So I really didn't understand the decision that he had made. It's just like, all right, you know, let me just occasionally try to bomb this dude out. And it's like, all right, good luck. Hey, man. If you want the truth on, on why Lee Wood was fighting like a fucking brawler all of a sudden, get the Patreon. Uh, Alexis has theories as 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 always, um, but yeah. So there's gonna be a rematch. I think the rematch, Leewood's far more likely to win that rematch than he was about to come back in that fight on Saturday night. 
I mean, I don't think he, he was up like almost a shutout on the cards, uh, which is probably somewhat accurate. But also, like, you know, all we had to do was not get knocked out and he was going to win that fight. Or also not get knocked down like at least three more times. And he was going to win that fight. So, is uh, there a rematch what you want to see? Or are you kind of just like indifferent? Honestly, Featherweight is probably the in the top three worst divisions in boxing. So, I mean, what else is Mauricio Lara going to do? Top rank doesn't really have anything interesting for him. Um, PBC didn't have really anything interesting for him. I mean, Gary Russell is interesting for anybody just because it's Gary Russell. Um, and he's like one of the remaining dudes of the last generation. But like, by the way, I just want those out there. Guys who fought on HBO um, or guys who fought on PBC or on Showtime pre-PBC. So anything before 2015, ain't a lot of those dudes left in the sport. I'm just saying. You ain't lying. So if you're one of those dudes, you know, hanging on to your era, Gary Russell's one of those guys, you know? Damn, Oscar Valdez is one of those guys too. Even though he only got one shot on HBO and they sent his ass back to Unimas. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't know if you guys remember this, but Oscar Valdez got a shot to fight on HBO on like a very non-HBO style card. It was like two prospects. I think it was uh, Valdez and both... Valdez and Verdejo, I think, fought on the card. Valdez fought Ruben Tamayo, which was like a pretty low-level HBO quality opponent. I mean, I can't even think of what the equivalent today would be on Showtime. It's like, uh, I don't know, somebody like John Ryder. And um, <laughs> Valdez goes 10 rounds of like the most mediocre fighting. Like, it's... It was just like, wow, this is like watching uh, opening weekend of the XFL. And, uh, you know, it's like definitely boxing, but not, you know, this ain't, we're just coming off the Super Bowl last week. This is not the, the caliber we were watching last week. And uh, HBO was just like, you know what? Don't bring that guy back, please. We've had, we've had enough. We've had enough guys with their name tattooed across their chest. Can we get a, uh, bring us something else? <laughs> Uh, and so they got Alberto Machado. Yikes. So, uh, so yeah, I saw, I don't even remember what his name was, but I was kind of like, uh, during the deep undercard, I wasn't really paying attention that closely. Um, I was like talking shit to people in discord and stuff. And it was one guy who was like half paying attention to on the undercard who was just so bad. Can't remember what his name was, but yeah, that's, that's, that's all I'll say. Um, all right, it's time for us to get in some news. It's been a while since we've like come on the podcast and just like talked about news stuff. So um, you're more than welcome to throw some stuff out um, if you'd like to do that. But I want to toss out some news items for you. Oh, actually, before we get to that, uh, what do you make of uh, <laughs> Mauricio Lara spitting on Josh Warrington? Loved it. <laughs> It's the type of stuff I live for. If you complained about that, like, just just hang up, hang it up, hang up your Twitter account, <laughs> hang up whatever opinions you have in boxing. You're you're in the wrong sport. I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. I um, you know, I I think that this is a sport that like dudes are hitting each other in the face. They should be allowed to do whatever they want. Um, 
when it's personal, by the way, when it at least has the appearance of being personal, um, you know, that is when fights become, they go to that next level. I mean, everyone like reminisces fondly over Barrera and Morales, but like them dudes were out there throwing real hands at the press conference. They didn't like each other. And uh, I think uh, Lara and Warrington getting into it is it, it's actually it's a lot. The, the video clip is a lot funnier than just hearing that Lara spit on Josh Warrington. Like Lara just had, you know, uh, eight, seven, eight rounds of boxing. And like that dude got punched in the head quite a bit. Lee Wood had some some moments in that fight. And uh, this dude was completely ready to fight Josh Warrington. I guess this was, you know, there's no better time than now, I guess. He had, you know, he's just coming off a training camp. But, like, he was climbing down to actually scuffle with Josh Warrington. And I just wonder if they weren't, like, 130-pound guys and the security was able to just, like, you know, hold him off pretty easily. Like, let's say that that was, like, I don't know, like, some cruiserweights or something that are, like, probably going to be at least the same size as the security guards are bigger how that plays out because i feel like if you spin on somebody it's going to be hard to break that fight up emotions got to be very high for one a dude to to spit and then two to have a person who has been spit on oh man but i i definitely loved it too i thought it was so funny when i saw that um but like let's be honest about who josh warrington really is and like this guy is one of the dirtiest fighters in the sport. And like a certain level of dirty is be expected in boxing, right? Like you might have guys that like use their forearm a little bit or like overly clinch or like maybe lean with their heads a little bit. Josh Warrington takes like all of your like dirty flight slash clever tactics in boxing and it just leans fully into being a dirty, cheap bastard. And so I don't feel bad at all. Like, I mean, in the Lara fight, he tried to headbutt this guy's, like, nose into his brain. Like, this is not the guy we should be, like, sympathetic towards. When I was a kid, I was, and I was kind of young. You know, I was probably a little too young to fully understand death. Um, but I was told, you know, we had a family member die. And I was like, well, how did they die? And which is probably like the most insensitive thing that I could have said to the person who uh, was trying to explain this to me. Um, <laughs> and they told me like, well, he fell. And I'm like, well, how did he fall? How do you fall from, die from a fall? And they're like, well, he hit his nose and the nose went up into the brain. That is not how the person died either. But to tell me that lie and then me believe it as a kid and like, just thinking like, yo, if I, you know, you, you know, you put your hand like this, you hit somebody in the nose, like that's it, they're a goner. Uh, I, I don't know who that of actually. Of course not, but that was such like a famous like, like Tyson said that he used to like push in his gloves so he could punch his opponent's like nose into his brain, whatever. He made that like myth popular. It's a cool sounding myth. Oh wow! Well, totally somebody told me that, and I believed it as a kid. Yeah, they probably got it from Tyson. It's all good. I mean, I heard it too. It was a kid. It's a great, it's a great like schoolyard myth. Like uh, there was a like you know, it was another cool schoolyard schoolyard myth is that if you beat Mortal Kombat with Sonya, you could play the rest of the game with her naked. And so I tried to beat <laughs> it with Sonya. 
<laughs> Back in the 90s, there was a lot of like bullshit ass rumors. It was just cool. Somebody's got to create a website of like all the, the, the rumors that like just like the kind of word of mouth rumors that like despite not having the Internet, everyone seemed to like be aware of at the time all over the country. Like, um, I mean, this this is like '90s, like schoolyard, like bullshit. Like, like the there's kid, a lot of like fun, nonsensical ass rumors. You know, the kid from the Wonder Years. What was his name? The the kid with the glasses. Fred Savage. No, not the, that's the main character. The kid with the glasses. I think his name is Paul. Uh, I know what you're talking about. I forget his name. Paul. Yeah, Paul. But like the rumor that he grew up to be Marilyn Manson. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there's another rumor. No homo pause, but <laughs> Marilyn Manson could, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one too. Um, all right, let's. Uh, we we derailed whatever we were talking about. Uh, well, we were talking about Lee Wood, and well, actually, we we're talking about Marie Lar spitting on Josh Woods. <laughs> Yo, but if you're this far, send us. <laughs> Send us your 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 like middle school slash lower school rumors that were completely unfounded but made awesome memories of your childhood. Uh, I mean, some of these have never been confirmed to not be just rumors. So I'm just saying, you know, the myth Fair is enough. still alive. Uh, all right, um, you know, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury is going to happen this week, but why I have to bring this up? And usually we don't really talk about Jake Paul that much. Um. However, we're going to make an exception this time because Lex, for whatever reason, is a very big Carl Frosch fan. And so <laughs> I just need to get your opinion. We don't really need to debate anything here, but I just need to get your opinion. You know, Jake Paul's talking shit to Carl Frosch. Carl Frosch is threatening to murder him, uh, or at least he threatened to punch him in the, or hit him in the nose such that it went into his brain. Um. <laughs> What do you make of this little spat that they're having? And is this something that you want to see? Yes, absolutely. Enough of like basketball players and like bummy UFC fighters. Let's get someone in here that not only can fight, but also can talk way better than Jake Paul. He can and can matter of oh fact. God. He, no. No, let's be real. No. Carl Frotch is one of the best crash talkers. <clears throat> Of like whatever generation Bro, you consider Groves, this to be, George Groves made him go to a shrink. Maybe he did, but that's just because Carl Frotch is fucking a clown, and that's why this would be such a great oh matchup. You'd have two clowns who probably will talk mad shit to one another and really don't like each other. And I'm I'm here for it. Put it in the UK. Let Carl Frotch get his 80k on again, and let's do it. Like fuck Tommy Fury. I don't <clears> care about the Furies. I don't really want to see it. Tommy Fury is whack. Like, he's living off Tyson's name. Get him out of here. Give us that Carl Frotch, Jake Paul. We need that. They're both the same height. <clears throat> Frotch is probably walking around at two something right now. He's probably evenly sized fight. Let's go, man. That's the one. That's the that's what the streets need. They don't need I this mean, Tommy Fury shit. That shit's trash. Let me throw something out at you. Um uh, that could could be an issue here. Um Wait, is my microphone on? Uh, I hear you. Obviously, oh, the, the little the little thing is just not going off the way I, I'd usually expect it to. But um, let me throw this out. <clears throat> it doesn't concern you that like Carl Froch actually knows how to box. Like, 
really well. I mean, Jake has a couple things in in his favor in the matchup. Like he's the younger guy. Okay. I, I don't know if Frotch works. Huh? I said okay. I don't know if I don't know if Frotch is at the gym. He might just be sitting around just snoring cocaine like Hellbrook. I don't know if he's actually. <laughs> <laughs> what this man's doing <laughs> fair point yeah that's why that's why it's such a great matchup like and the thing is as guys get older their punch retention gets horrible if i carl fratchel's old bro like if i don't know how old he actually is he might not be that old for he might only be like 42 which isn't terribly old but like he looks oldish he looks old he's all great and shit so if i Jake don't know man i'm gonna knock out carl frotch okay since you're one of the so worried about it these are two guys that like Whoever gets knocked out is super entertaining either way. But if he were to do that, there are 80,000 people that are likely to murder Jake Paul. But Jake Paul seems like the type of guy that wants that type of like, like he wants that heel action. <clears throat> like, what do you call that in, in wrestling? Like, the, like heat? He wants yeah. that heat. He wants right. to be the guy that everyone hates and everyone's like throwing beers at and and he could poke and pride them. He wants that. Hard to hard to want people to boo you when you've got a fucking knife in your side. You know what I'm saying? I don't do do well, actually hold on. Do UK people even like Carl Frotch? Like I don't even know. Eighty thousand people showed up to his fight. What do you think? That was then. Okay. Now like yeah, I, I mean he, it's I know a fair he point. announced his fights and whatever, but like he might be like the Pauli Monaji of the UK. They might not really like him that much. I don't know. I, uh, that's a good point. It's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe. I I just there's a lot of questions for me as someone that's not from the UK. But ultimately, please make that fight, Jake Paul and Carl Frotch. I don't want to see you fight Connor, who's undersized, or uh, Nate Diaz, who is who's so punchy already. Carl Frotch has his wits still. Been out of the ring for a minute. It still looks decently fit. That's the one, man. Like, that'll get people's attention. That's a good fight. All right, let me tell you why this could be extremely problematic to make. Your boy, Carl Frotch, is uh, not running factory parts, if you catch my drift. Not running factory parts. Not sure that I follow. Uh, His nose? That's not you know, standard issue. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know. So he, he had a little, like, he had a little Kim Kardashian. Yeah, a little enhancement. Okay. I ain't mad at it. Call Frotch, you know, he looks good. R- rolling with the Look, gray. It's, it's 2023. Oscar De La Hoya had a fucking, a fucking cupcake dish inserted in his stomach. <laughs> <laughs> like, this shit is different out here, man. It's not, it's not what it used to be, man. It's all good. Yeah. You want to get a little plastic surgery? Go ahead. Oscar Every is... boxer gets fake teeth. Uh, okay, what fair. Else? Okay, I feel like you, boxers and fake teeth is like, you can't even bring that up. Like, half the boxers Con- Connor got Ben fake has teeth. a fake beard. Eddie Hearn probably has like hair plug situation he, going Eddie on. Eddie 100% has hair plugs. I mean, wh- who else has some fake shit going on? Um... Let's see. Oh, uh, man. All these dudes got some. Everything oh, has I, fake, I'm thinking Ubek of has will get me canceled. Line. Yo, if you, if you pay close attention, right, zoom in on Eubank Jr.'s hairline. He has a tattooed haircut into his head. 
Are you serious? I swear. Google. Look at his. Look at his hairline right now. It's not real. There's for black hair. You could get uh, implant like grafting surgery, mm-hmm. or you could tattoo the the hair follicles to make it look like you really have hair when you really don't. He has the tattoo. Doesn't that mean you got to have the same haircut for the rest of your life, basically? Correct. Because like you really can't be like having full chia pet, but it starts like two inches behind your hairline. Correct. He should have got the hair follicle uh, surgery or whatever it is, but he got the tattoo joint. And the way you could tell is if you zoom in, your head still looks like bald, shiny, but there's hair there. And that's not what it should look like. So, I mean, he got his shit like, he just drew a circle on his head and was just like, look, all of this. Now you can see it, right? The crown of the head, he was like, look, just come all the way down to the tip of my chin. Just go all the way around. Telling you, there's probably been some boxes with like liposuction and stuff like that. Who knows? Yeah, or I Drake mean, look, got liposuction. Who? Drake. Drake got liposuction. I heard that Drake got liposuction. Hey, I saw a tweet that was basically just accusing, like, boxing. I don't know if it's boxing podcasters or male sports podcasters in general of just being like gossipers. That was 100 percent true because that's all we're doing. I mean, the bo- I've said this before. And I'll say it again. It's boxes? just like this: is what people want to hear. No, it's not that. It, first of all, this people want to hear you accusing hear. Drake of having liposuction. People want. <laughs> people want to hear about accused. fights, but not enough fights, man. All there, there's just gossip and rumors and sources, and and that's it. There's not action. Lex can tell probably, us how. Hopefully, that'll change this week. Hopefully, this week. You know, it's no more tweets about what might happen and who's ducking who and who wants to fight who and it's not going to happen. Hopefully this week we get a whole rollout of announcements and we can finally talk about, you know, have an emergency podcast about matchups and stuff like that. Look forward to that because boxing's in a bad state, man. It's not, it's never been this bad. I had to apologize to a friend. I have a friend who got into boxing very, um, he's just a huge fan in the, like the last five years. And I had to apologize for him because he got in at the worst time. Starting at the pandemic, by, like month by month, things have gotten like worse and worse and worse. And, and now we're at just the bottom. So, so sorry. You, that's on you. Why are you getting your friend into boxing? I didn't. I didn't. He, he got into boxing because he liked Wilder and he liked Tank. Yeah. I mean, it's sad because like there's actually a lot of great personalities in the sport right now. But there's just a lot of misinformation, disinformation. And cut the product. And that's, you know, it's tough for the fans, but it is what it is. Why didn't you it's tell too late him? for us. We're already here. We're degenerates. But why didn't you tell him, like, at the start, like, hey, look, this is what it is? Because, like, none of this is new. Nah, nah sh- there's new stuff. There's, made, there's definitely new stuff. Nah, all boxing is, this boxing has been full of shit for a long time in terms of, like, you know, it. there's no structure. There's no rhyme or reason. Uh, it it it's confusing at times like that. I think that was you did your friend a disservice. You you definitely here's did. what I would argue is new. First of all, social media new. The amount of platforms new, okay. and the amount of personalities in the sport is new. There's never been a time in boxing where there's been so many guys that like that you genuinely have to pay attention to. Usually it's like a handful of guys, and, every, and then everything else is kind of like filler. 
I now think, there's like legitimately a lot of guys, man. I disagree with that. I think that you are too deep into it. I I don't think so. You're definitely deep too in deep into it. Let all right. So let's let's go through this right now. Right now in the sport, you have Tank, who's very relevant. Brian, who's very relevant. Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, both relevant. Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, both relevant. Some would argue Devin and Shakur. I wouldn't put them in, but for but they're there. Um, You're out of pocket right now. With what? It's way too many names. All those guys are. Listen, if you go to a barbershop. Not, we're not talking about barbershop. Listen, I've been in it. I'm giving you the black experience, okay? I've been in this situation before. <laughs> Yo, back in the day, there was just like Floyd. No one was talking about shit else. Like, and there was no, it was a Floyd and Pacquiao. And before that, there really wasn't, it was like Floyd and Zab Judah. There wasn't a whole lot of barbershop conversation around boxing at all. You can go in a barbershop now and people are going to want to talk about Tank. All the guys I just named, they're all going to come up. Look, I think that you're wrong. I think that how you, are, when you've been to a black barbershop, hey man, you don't know me. You know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but what I I I I can't say that. Um, I'm not gonna speak to your experience, but I'm gonna tell you that I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but I I actually think my my point is not necessarily that like you know you may have a more up on game barbershop that you're saying that you've uh you know experiences that but what i'm gonna say is that too many of those names don't matter now i know that may hurt to hear we're boxing fans but wait and- no wait wait but wait still they even if the names i bought up don't matter because at least at least two or three of them do but let's say they all don't matter i still said more names that matter than previous errors i think for real for real I don't think the numbers that that big of a difference. So before we had Manny, Floyd, or we, yeah, we had Floyd, Manny, and occasionally you'd get that Russian guy who's a heavyweight champion. Klitschko definitely it. did. People, yo, people complained people about of him at least. People knew of him. They yeah, knew but that they there was knew a it was such a. It was such like a. This guy's fucking boring. I don't want to watch. No, him no, no. But but no. But that was it. It's like the conversation. The like the the greater boxing conversation was Floyd Manny the Russian dude, but it was always the Russian dude in the context of like, when are we going to get our champ? You know, heavyweight's dead. What happened? Okay. So that it was more so that that sort of conversation, not necessarily the fighter. Because like I said, the Russian guy, we all know Klitschko was not Russian. And I think now there's probably three names. Deontay, Tank, maybe Errol, but I actually think it's Ryan Garcia. Now, you know, it Ryan, is Ryan. Uh, well, I was going to say like Ryan's interesting because you may know him independently or, you know, him due to tank. I don't think Errol's like really at that point. Um, I think like casual fan, like bare bones knowledge of boxing can probably name. No, nah, but this is this is why I mentioned the social media element, because like here, here's the reality, right? Any general casual sports fan. It's still going to follow a few basic accounts. They're probably going to follow Bleacher Report. 
They're probably going to follow ESPN or Sports Illustrated. And they're probably going to follow House of Highlights. This is just very basic Instagram. Like, I kind of like sports, but I don't need to watch everything. If you follow one of those four accounts, you're going to know Ryan. All yeah. of those dumb speed bag challenges are frequently on those accounts. I, I just want to point out something. I, we kind of talked about this early in the week. It's a little off topic, but just so I don't forget. The change in sports is coming. It is coming. And you know a bit about what I'm talking about with the overtime elite. But uh, I would recommend if you have a passing interest in just like the general sports world, um, not necessarily like general sports, but I mean like sports, the, the whole concept of sports and how, you know, the direction and all this stuff, how sports is trending in terms of age demographics and uh, what else? Um, kind of like consumption. HBO has a show called Game Theory, which is basically uh, like a sports news show, I guess. And um, they did a segment on Overtime Elite, which, you know, is about it's basketball. But I watch it, you know, I watch a lot of these things because I like always try to apply it to boxing and see how it relates or doesn't relate to boxing. And uh, Overtime Elite has figured out something that it I think is kind of scary which is people moving away from like watching full-on games and them trying to reverse engineer and say well how do we craft the sport to match the consumption uh habits of the next generation which is frightening and um but yeah i i was just like i want to toss it out there like ryan garcia is the guy who most fits into what the new generation is doing like tank got a lot of old generation in him like tank would have been a star eight years ago i think or let's actually let's go further back 15 years ago tank would have still been a star 15 years ago ryan garcia like doesn't make it out of like i don't know he, he does does not make it because we weren't primed up for what he's doing which is really interesting no I, I don't know i don't necessarily agree i think they both still make it I, I just know. think because here's the thing like okay so ryan is a huge on social media because of his speed bag gimmick right but bottom line ryan still has the like pretty boy thing going about him or going for him and he still knocks shit out like those two things in any era are gonna work and then tank has the badass image and he's knocking shit out too and it's the, those things are going to work in any era. And the thing that makes Tank work in this era is what I just explained. Badass image, and he's knocking shit down, and both go viral. Well, I also think Tank's and got like, so many it's endorsements. Like, huh? Tank's got so many endorsements from people who like... I mean, what you're doing is you're like extending your fan base to somebody else when you're doing the endorsement, and everyone wants to be with Tank. Yeah, but it's because he's he's authentic. His his who he is resonates with his fan base, and that's always going to work. Whether you're, you know, Fernando Vargas or Marcos Maidan or whoever the fuck, like if you're authentic and badass, and in boxing, it's always going to work. It's like such a like proven method. No matter what you, no matter who you are, even like what you could come from anywhere in the world. If you are genuinely badass, 
and authentic to that badass portrayal you give off, you're gonna click. Um, I mean, look at Khabib. Even Khabib isn't wasn't really knocking shit out, but like he was clearly a badass dude in octagon. It's not even boxing, combat sports, but it worked. Well, I guess Khabib's a little different because like that dude's just also like way better than everybody else, and was just like smoking dudes. Well, not like uh knocking them out but like it was clear like he out wrestled them or something like that he was just dominating these dudes but you know the the bigger point here is you know we can have this conversation about this fight and um it really just speaks to how big tank ryan is going to be and how much it's going to really resonate with um with boxing fans assuming that Oscar. Nah, with sports fans, you can't even say boxing fans. Yeah, you're sports right. You're fans. right. You're right. Assuming, assuming Oscar doesn't find some way to derail it or DAZN doesn't uh, prevent it from happening. Oh, you know what we should I was, talk about? I was having some, I was DMing with our boy Deuce a little bit, and he was a little tight that you, we had some dissidents within the sport of boxing trying to like spill the beans early. And I told him, chill. Like, the funny reality with boxing is so much miss and disinformation comes out of the sport that like general sports fans have kind of gotten like they have an idea of knowing when it's some bullshit and when it's real. And when the fighters say it, it's real usually. And so like all the reports that have come out that it's done and it's official and everything's signed and we're going to get it. People aren't reacting to it. When Tank and Ryan drop those social media posts, the shit is going to be up for sure. Like everyone's going to be talking about it. Everyone's going to be locked in. I think that there's two ways to look at it. Um, your way being one. I, I tend to side with Deuce. I think this is a fight that has potential like stops the day type of news. Like when um, Pacquiao Spence got announced. That caught everyone off guard. No one was sitting on the sidelines. Everyone had something to say. Like, the shit was trending crazy. It trended for days. Like, it's it's a conversation that, like, completely dominated. And so I think when you have two guys like Tank and Ryan, and this is the kind of shit you're putting together, I think every element of this should be about the presentation of the promotion. And, like, I think they've completely screwed up by confusing people by letting anything leak out about the negotiations this is a hundred percent a fight that the only people speaking about it should have been the fighters of course of course right but like everyone involved made a mistake from the get-go by not like nda and the shit out of everybody but we're we're past that point ryan's team fucked about the gate when they went on first take talking about the fight was done and, and like that was such like an amateur move on their part. They just wanted to like get it. like Ryan's so desperate to like be like this first take uh undisputed guy. He's not there yet. You have to wait. You have to wait till the fight is official and then you get that. And he jumped the gun. We have Oscar and Coppinger and Benson jumping the gun. But again, while I feel you guys and I do agree with you guys, it's not going to matter because we have like how many times has, has Fury and Joshua been done or Arrow versus Bud been done or we all or or Ryan versus Pacquiao or Pacquiao versus Bud. We have all these fights that are done, but they're never done. 
and people know the difference. Casual fans, like we, it's like people in boxing talk about casual fans like they're dumb and they don't understand it, but they overstand it they are because dumb. they're used to real sports. They're used to the NFL, the NBA, where they don't have to deal with all this fucking nonsense. So right. I don't know. I, like again, like I wish that the fighters just got to do it like Pacquiao and Arrow did, but it, it, they didn't. But guess what? The day they announce, I promise that it'll go viral. It'll trend. It'll be on Sports Center and First Take and all those great shows that we love. And it it'll have the same effect. You'll well, see. I mean, I think you're right, but I also think people are gonna be asking the question like, why is this a big deal? I thought it was already assigned. Like they announced this in fucking December, which is true. Fair point. Um, but I think the 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 from conception to actual fight taking place. I think a story should be told. There should be like, you know, strings that you can thread through the entire process from or timeline from the, you know, conception of the fight until it happens. And playing the negotiation game in public is never never really contributes to the fight except in the instance and this is the rare instance where it totally worked. It's also one that I don't think anybody really wants certainly doesn't want to go through it again. And that's Mayweather Pacquiao, you know, that fight where two of the biggest media companies had to come together to make that shit happen. You know, we're dealing with the two biggest media companies in the world and like, you know, CBS, which is owned by a huge conglomerate in Viacom and uh, HBO with Time Warner, those two companies getting together, um, working it out so the money made sense for everybody involved. Like, obviously, that fight had that sort of myth. And, like, you know, Tank Ryan doesn't have that. You know, these dudes, while they're big stars, they're not, you know, multiple million by pay-per-view guys like Floyd and, and Manny. They don't have the, the longevity, the, the, the resume. Um, they don't have that kind of gravitas that these dudes have. But, yeah, I don't think that that's something that we ever really want to see happen again where we have four years of back-and-forth negotiations before it finally gets delivered. Uh, I mean, it's weird because, like, you love the, the size of, of Floyd Pacquiao and you hate the back-and-forth of the negotiation. But without that, that back-and-forth, without the tease, without the foreplay, you don't have this. You don't have... A, Five million pay-per-view buys or whatever the hell it was like that's that's freakish and like once in a lifetime damn near if ryan and tank went back and forth and so on and so forth and they kept winning for four or five years you have a similar effect where it does like a few million i still think it'll do two a uh, one and change but that that tease don't hurt it's annoying as fans and hard and we're here and we got to deal with it and it sucks, but it don't hurt the sales of the fight. Um, let's talk about the That's zone, awesome. raise their prices. <laughs> now, let me, let me just say, I'm not the, the dude. <laughs> Actually remind me that we got to talk about BKFC. All right. Uh, but, um, Oh my God, there's so many things I'm looking at that. I, I want to talk about. Uh, but let's just talk about the price change. So the monthly, the yearly subscription is basically up to $225 a year. 
it's actually more expensive to do. I believe it's more expensive. So it's $19.99 a month times 12, uh, $240. So yeah, that this is, I guess, like the cheapest way to subscribe, which is 225 bucks a year. And uh, so they increased the price by quite a lot. Like we're, we're looking at like 125% increase of the price. Obviously, you know, the economy prices have gone up for a lot of things. You know, that's things generally get more expensive over time. This is no exception. Um, and they've increased the price. However, that's a lot of money for an upfront fee for a service that, you know, gives you at best one third of the boxing in the boxing world, you know, top rank in, in PBC, uh, you know, Showtime are their own independent things. Um, and, but the funniest thing is the way they've handled this, which I think has been even funnier. Uh, so obviously that's a steep increase. Um, and no one seems to be happy about it. You know, all I'm seeing on social media, on Reddit, on Twitter is, uh, holy shit. I didn't realize that they had replied to deuce. Um, but people just basically saying like, you know, I'm out, you know, 25 bucks a month or $225. That's like a little, that's way too much for me. I'm out. Uh, especially given that you don't like, you know, we're getting months where there's like maybe one good fight. We are out. Um, and like they, but they, they, <laughs> they have done a really, I think bad job of, um, basically replying to people on Twitter saying, this is actually good for you. Um, we have three subscription plans and like, you can also just do 20 bucks a month, which in a nutshell, 20 bucks a month is not that much, but I also subscribe to HBO and Netflix and Disney plus and this shit. Adds nah, what do you mean? 25 bucks a lot is a lot for a streaming service. Would you pay 20 like bucks for, for a streaming service? Would you pay 20 bucks for HBO? No. All right. You probably one of those people that got a fire stick. You and Terrence Crawford. Well, no, you with or without fire stick, like what like what are we talking like none of these streaming services cost that much? And even the ones that do, no, they come none do. That's the stuff. point. None of the streaming services cost twenty bucks a month. Okay, even so even if they did, they would be coming with a lot of great content and like a a, a, a like a backstory, not a backstory, but a um they have like a reputation for like years of excellence. Like HBO has been around since I've been like a little tiny kid, man, producing great show after great show after great show for decades. Like the zone, what is it like they don't what do they have besides boxing even? Like their oh. boxing offering is not uh it's like below standard. So, so they have below standard boxing and then what? Like the Pat McAfee show is gone. They don't have basketball. They don't have football. They don't have baseball. They don't have hockey. I don't think they have soccer. They don't have overtime elite. They don't have battle rap. They don't have. Uh, they don't have uh, like a general highlight show, like a first take or anything like that. They don't have rights to highlights to any league, as far as I know. They don't have competitive gaming. They don't have F one. They don't have NASCAR. What do they have? Uh, they do have women's they don't soccer. Have pickleball. They got. They do have soccer. Red Bull. They have women's soccer. They have Red Bull Extreme Sports. 
I don't know what that is, by the way. But I mean, Red I, I Bull just... Screen Space is on YouTube. It's like this isn't. Oh yeah, like, that's right. Not it's it's not even exclusive. Yeah, I mean, look, the point is, like, they, all they have really is just like kind of Matchroom, Golden Boy, and like some other international cards here and there. Um, yeah, and guess what? For that, that same twenty, give me, give me ESPN Plus for what is ESPN Plus? It's ten dollars, right? I think it's ten dollars now. Okay, so give me ESPN Plus for ten dollars. And give me Showtime for ten dollars. Okay, first of all, uh, Showtime will soon be called Paramount Plus with Showtime, and that will Paramount cost Plus with Showtime for ten dollars. And that's uh, eleven ninety nine a month. I'll pay the extra two dollars to get all other boxing in the world that's definitely above standard, plus uh, all the smoke, plus. Whatever college sports is on ESPN Plus, plus UFC, plus uh, what are Showtime's best TV shows? I'm not a big TV guy. Your plus Honor, the movie package Yellow Jackets, coming back next month. Can't wait. I mean, so it's like not even close. Like, I don't, the thing that I find funny about this is people are, people are criticizing the zone's voice on social media, but like their voice is consistent this entire time. It's just like, now we're finally dealing with something that's so egregious that people are pissed off, but their voice has always sucked. Whenever people like ask them, like, well, what are you guys doing? Why is this changing? Why aren't I getting this? Why aren't I getting that? Why is this the connection so bad? They always had a shitty voice. They've never had a what runs their social media, whoever wrote the copyright for their um their FAQs. It's been terrible. So this is nothing new. It was chat GPT. It's hilarious. Nah, it, you see that story? No, I um, know who it was, and that guy blocked me. What the hell is that guy's <laughs> name? I don't even think he works at this zone anymore. He, he doesn't. He doesn't. But did you what's see that, the story? What's that guy's name? Uh, something Samson. Simpson. I think his name was like like Jordan Simpson. I wasn't even talking about him, but oh, oh, never mind. <laughs> just out here, uh, just tossing somebody under the bus. Uh, Whatever. But, I mean, he, maybe he's cool. I don't know. There's a guy that worked with them that had a horrible attitude. He's a piece of shit and whatever. I you mean, see, they have the thing though, like they, they didn't even hire very well, to be honest. Like their whole organization was very run very poorly. In something particular like boxing, you have to hire very specific people who know what they're doing. They didn't, they didn't hire anyone that knows what they're doing. They haven't hired anyone that knows what they're doing on social media. There's, there's only just been this. I don't know. You know how long they'll continue to run. Well, I mean, good luck. Like, and and Canelo pay per views are still going to be pay per views. Like, that's yeah. So you're paying two, what two twenty five a month plus the pay per view. Give me a break, man. Like, what a joke. I mean, look. Here's what I think. Okay, if I'm going to try to get into their brain, or think of like if I was going to pitch this, um, I think what the theory was is. What is it going to cost us to have Canelo? And they say, like, well, we're going to have to do two, like, you know, two to three pay-per-views a year. And then they looked at all the other boxing and they said, can we make money on this? And the answer was probably not. And that's not that radical of an idea. If you go back and look at HBO, you look at uh, much of Showtime, you don't generally make money off of the mid-tier boxing. Where you make your money is in the tentpole events, you know, the big fights and the pay-per-views. 
And like, if you want a clear example, when Golden Boy tried to sue PBC and lost, it opened their books up and we got to see their books. And we saw that they lost money on every fight, except for Canelo's. And it's possible we're seeing the same strategy here. Like, let's keep Canelo. Canelo obviously can, can sell pay-per-views. He's, he's demonstrated it over the course of his career. Um, given the right opponents, we can sell pay-per-views. 225 divided by 75. Do you know what that is? It's three. Literally three. Okay. 75 times three is uh, 225. So they basically said, if Canelo fights two times a year and people pay the 225, we've made enough money for two Canelo fights and then we keep the rest. Or he fights three times and we hope that he outperforms and we take what's left, which is profit at the end. We're assuming that most of our fights are not going to, you know, they're not going to bring in tons of subscribers. Um, boxing is just not that big to to be able to like do one fight and like, you know, everyone who had churned out comes back. You know, that's, that's probably not realistic, especially for their roster. I mean, their roster is just not very, there's no U.S. stars. The guys that could have been, you know, brought in um, subscribers, they let go like Devin Haney. And so that's probably what the play is, is that like, look, we're, are, look, they're also basically out of the U.S. at this point. Like if you look at the matchroom schedule, one fight on the card, that's going to happen in the U.S. And that's um, uh, Bam Rodriguez's card. And that, that dude is a flyweight. People ain't really going to be tuning in for Bam. You know, have whatever opinion of you that you want of him. He just not, good, you know, flyweights have not been able to do it at that level. There's a reason why for a long time nobody showed flyweights because there was an abundance of bigger weight class guys. And then when it became cost efficient to uh, air flyweights, that's when they came on board. And so they said, okay, well, we're not going to spend that much on our fights that are not Canelo. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll then obviously do the Canelo fights. And that seems to me like in theory, charging 225 is justified. Uh, the only question is, um, and by the way, that also makes you pay because you think you're getting the value for three pay-per-views, but really you're actually gonna have to pay more money for the pay-per-views. So like, let's say you you pay that 225 and then you have to pay an additional two Canelo pay-per-views at a discounted rate, no less. But like, you know, you're presumably, you're potentially gonna pay, let's say Canelo fights are like 60 bucks more, you know, you're potentially gonna be paying $345 a year to essentially subscribe all year long and get access to the Canelo fights, which is a, uh, it's pretty funny to me. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Um, they're trying to make a profit, but look, th this is, yeah, but it's, it's like, uh, I mean, what isn't this called like the sunk cost fallacy? Like at some point you got to just Correct. realize like, yes, like we, we've done enough, like this is, this isn't going to work. Like to be completely honest, like what you've just explained kind of makes me feel like, Boxing can never be like a pillar of a programming slate, if that makes sense. Like for the NFL, right? I'm so, I'm sorry for Fox. Who shows the most NFL games? It's Fox, right? Uh, um, no. Fox and CBS, I think, have an equal amount. I think. Okay, so for Fox or CBS, you could look at the NFL and be like, "This is like a major part of our product offering. It's worth every penny that we spend on it because." Like, there's a very clear um, 
like payoff for for being for having an NFL as a partner. I I don't think that can ever be said for boxing really. Like I think boxing is great supplemental content to like an already strong uh, programming lineup. And you know if you're fortunate enough to be able to understand how to to create pay per views, which is only one guy in the industry really knows how to do it, or maybe two. It's like Al Heyman and Steven Espinosa. Those two guys know how to create pay-per-views. So, like, there's a bit more, um, like, you get a better bite of the apple, maybe, if that's even, like, a, a term. But for everybody else, it's just supplemental content. Like, for ESPN, they don't really give a shit about boxing. It's just something they could put on the plus to, like, fill out programming. The zone is trying to, like, use boxing like it's the NFL. It'll never be that. Right. And I mean, that's the true. longer... The longer they take to realize it's just, they're just going to be burning money. They could come up with a million pricing models or a million Canelo fights. They're just going to burn a hole through whatever Len Blatnovich's fucking wallet. And it's going to waste everyone's time. It's going to water the sport down. It'll be more dumb fights for Canelo, but whatever. They're getting their, they get to cosplay as uh, executives for however long it lasts. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um, I mean, across the industry, people are just trying to show profit, like with all the streaming companies, and that's clearly uh, something that they're trying to do. Uh, I want to get on to something else, which is uh, Adrian Broner was supposed to fight this week, but mm. um, yeah, he's not. Do you know why? Because uh, Uncle Dez probably broke his opponent's jaw. So he wasn't on the hook to pay Adrian Barner for a fight that was going to have like 30 people in attendance and sell no pay-per-views. <clears throat> um, I, I, so, so Adrian Broner will be without an opponent yet again. I think he's uh lost. Oh, for three. Is it three now? Is it four? Red maybe? catch. Yeah. No, red catch. The, the Williams kid. Lundy? Uh, what's the guy from that fell out? Lundy. Lundy and is that it or I feel like it's it's I mean this is kind of like speaks to the failure of this event is that like it is entirely conceivable that another guy another opponent might have been you know in the running at some point but um but how this has happened has been kind of crazy it's been a little bit of like a back and forth but from what I can gather Michael Willie look Michael Williams is not good. We saw him fight, I think, in the top-ranked bubble, and he looked bad, okay? Looked bad. And um, now, granted, Adrian Broner is, you know, he's not Errol Spence, okay? But still, Broner should be a pretty competent fighter. And uh, the, the rumor is that Roy Jones was, like, part of the training team for Michael Williams, Roy Jones did not want uh, Michael to take the fight because he was not, you know, looking very good in training camp. Like we're talking, you know, two and oh, three and oh fighters, you know, beating him up. And so Roy urged Michael to not do the fight. And Michael's dad was like, nah, you're going to do the fight. And so Roy had, uh, Michael doing heavy sparring. I think it was with the heavyweight is what was said. It, all of this is like hearsay. You know, we don't know exactly who is telling the truth. But Michael then does some hard sparring. 
and winds up with a broken jaw. So yeah, that precludes him from stepping in the ring with one Adrian Broner. And I think Yeah, I mean I think it's high time that we start to consider the uh the ongoing conspiracy against the return of Adrian Broner. Yeah, being being executed by Adrian Broner. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that was a joke, people, obviously. Um, this guy, like, think about it for a second, right? So, Adrian Broner, who complains about being an alcoholic, stabbed in the back by all his friends, depressed and whatever, taken advantage of, has the fight with Figueroa, who was also an alcoholic, and is, is clearly shot to shit. Like, his last three fights, he looked awful. Broner goes on to say, fuck Steven Espinosa, fuck Al Heyman, these guys, whatever, don't like me or something like that. Leaves PBC to, to, to go to this. Like, I mean, this guy's crazy. I mean, look, let's let's be real what's happening here. Um, I think Broner wanted... It's clear that he wanted to, f- to get paid Adrian Broner money. The only problem is Adrian Broner ain't Adrian Broner anymore. I think it's very likely that um, PBC was like, look, man, you're not reliable. You know, we got to treat you like a guy who, I mean, for the most part, you're not, you're not like a big name anymore. True or not. But... Enough. There's enough risk with Broner that, like, that's what it's got to be. And um, Broner was like, "Nah, that's not gonna work for me," which is his prerogative. He says, "Let me, let me go see what's up with BLK Prime." Apparently, they're handing out money in advance. BLK was like, "Look, they promised him like we'll pay you X amount of dollars before the fight, and then we're gonna pay you X amount of dollars after the fight." And Broner said that that's a number that works for me. I can I can do several of these fights if you're going to be paying in advance. And so he took the fight. And um only problem is can't seem to get an opponent for him. And now the fight's been postponed and uh yeah, they're, you know, back to the drawing board for this guy. But I mean like realistically Broner is a guy that has an idea of who he is and what he brings to the table and he's really not trying to do you know, not be that guy. So for um, me, the the real question is, do we ever, do we see Broner back in the, do we see Broner, I'm sorry, I did like switch it around three times. Do we see Broner have a fight on BLK Prime? No. I'm going to go with no. It's not happening? That is uh, affirmative. That will not be happening. I, I don't think they ever can make it work. Um... All right, let's move on to this. Uh, just want to say Austin Trout. Um, you remember Austin Trout, everyone? Of course. Wait, I have a topic I want to address real fast. This is a oh, quick go for one. it. Go for it. Okay, okay. So someone may have seen Terrence Crawford had a tweet earlier today. He said, scroll down. So these are two YouTubers. Some may know them, some may not, but... Said Fanon Boxing and Boxing Eagle, both some hoes, and they mamas should have swallowed them both. I'll tell them 
I told both of them to they face two. They biggest sack hangers, and I'm done talking about it. Just really poor English, but whatever, it's all good. And so someone replied, bro, you outsmarted yourself. You tried so hard not to get effed in the Spence negotiations that now everyone sees you as a duck and a scary ass beep. Your legacy will forever be tarnished until you step up to the plate. Stop calling out others. We calling you out. And he responded, LOL, ooh, you going to be hot. So my question is, it's an interesting tweet. What is he saying this kid on Twitter or guy or, or girl is going to be hot about? Is he saying, is he trying to drop a hint? Does he have the, the, the Spence fight in the bag? We don't know about it. Or is he saying, you're going to be mad about my next opponent, which could be someone not Arrow? From what I know, he ain't saying nothing. <laughs> By the way, did you see that tweet or no? Yeah, I did. And he deleted it. Uh, somebody... No, I still have it. Oh, he still, he still left it? Okay. Um, are you sure? Unless it's like one of those things where I already saw it. It's like, it, it's like still like I can go back to kind of see it. But it looks like it's still up on my side. I think he deleted that. But um, so... <laughs> He got owned, in my opinion, Terrence Crawford. He I, so I think Terrence Crawford is uh, one of those dudes that like you didn't spend enough time on social media to be good at social media, and you better watch who you fuck around with because like you will get bodied. This is not the boxing ring. Uh, the rules are a lot different on Twitter, and it's very easy for you to uh, get embarrassed. And I think he did get embarrassed. I'm gonna send you why he did get embarrassed. Okay. And we'll get your live reaction to this. So, uh, Uh-oh. you might have seen this earlier. So, somebody, Let's see. so read what you're saying. I gotta chill. They take, they be taking me back for a second, and I be wanting to step on a soft ass. That was Terrence Crawford. And some dude, that was Terrence Crawford. And Jet someone Punk. replied with a video of Ryan Garcia, and it says, fight someone real. Okay. And then here is the reply. Did you play it or? No, I sent it to you. Oh, shit. I thought you were trying to play it. Like you, right? Like you, right? Do put a caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> or like Slimer from the Ghostbusters. I don't know what the hell that is. So that guy wrote, fight someone real. Very simple tweet. And Terrence Crawford replies to him, like you, right? And the guy put in quotes, like you, right? You know, mocking him. And he puts this picture of a, it's like a, like a, like a, a carnival ride. And the little car that you sit on is a caterpillar, but it actually looks like Terrence Crawford. It does. It looks like the, the face Crawford made when like, when he was, did his stupid Instagram thing. Yo, Terrence Crawford got ratioed. <laughs> this is so funny. But it like, doesn't matter because Terrence Crawford is like, while well, everyone's playing like checkers or chess, he's like in the corner playing marbles and like on the shore bus with his buddies. Like it doesn't matter. Like he's gonna just like rage out with his friends and be how he is. And either he's gonna get to the arrow fight or he isn't. But either way, he's gonna get paid like millions of dollars. So like it it works out for him in some ways, even if he is a clown on Twitter. Um, he gonna fight Alexis Rocha, and uh, yep, we will be mad. I'll be happy. I mean, you know, obviously you'll be happy that 
he's like you know doing exactly what everyone thinks he's gonna do but uh at the same time but like, that's, no, my, that's not really my reason for being happy my reason for being happy if anyone cares <laughs> is i don't think i i just don't like bad behavior to be rewarded i think terrence crawford like most guys right at some point make like certain realizations in their career as boxers and if they were on not the best path initially they like course correct like even i, I give berlanga credit right like he didn't agree with the path top rank had him on and maybe t- top rank was probably right about the path oh but they berlanga were definitely decided right to, about the path but Ber- berlanga was like you know what like i believe something different i'm going to take a risk and try to make something my career that that is larger than what they see for me um it may not pay off, but like, cool. He's, he's showing ambition. Good for him. Crawford, like, he's so stubborn that instead of sitting down and like course correcting and have that conversation with himself, like, maybe I need to make some changes. The world is wrong. And people like that, it's like they're, they're goofballs. I mean, but there are other fighters who have that same attitude. And I don't think that, like, I don't want to see that behavior <laughs> continue in boxing. Um, all right. I, I think this means absolutely nothing, but, um, I just want to say on BKFC, uh, it was actually a really fun event. It's like, you know, you got to get used to the fact that you're watching dudes who like are not good boxers boxing. Austin Trout carved some dude up like Trout still actually Austin Trout got hit with a couple of big shots that I thought was pretty funny, but ultimately, um, Austin Trout like smoked this dude. And then the main event is like one round. I don't know the guy's names. Good luck finding out, finding this fight, but it was ridiculous. Okay. It was like these dudes were trading. Okay. And then one dude got dropped. It looked hard. It looked like the Deontay shot on Brazil. And the dude gets up and he goes to finish him. And then he like just ate a shot and the fight was over. It was like within the span of 30 seconds, like, you know, in the Berto Ortiz fight when they had the two knockdowns in that one round where they knocked each other down. It was like that, but with like much that. harder shots. It was uh, pretty crazy to see. Uh, very hyped up, uh, very hyped way to like, you know, end Friday night. But anyway, uh, we got this weekend, we have um, Subriel Matias versus Jeremiah Ponce at the Armory live on showtime um there are quite a few people that i'm hearing that think jeremiah's ponce is a diamond in the rough and there is a very real uh shot that he's going to come in here and upset subriel matias have you been hearing that for sure people have been saying that for a while and um I'm just trying to pull up the betting line here. Matias is a big favorite. Well, not big, but he's minus 435 plus 295 on Ponce. I think that is a very, very interesting line for for this fight. And um, the thing that I keep coming back on is like, we've seen guys come in and have better skills than Matias. But what we haven't seen is somebody come in and be able to go round for round with this guy. He's got insane stamina. He's able to break guys down and take them into like uncomfortable positions in the fight. I don't know if Ponce 
is uh, will have ever experienced something like fighting Subaru Matias. He's the guy who beat Lewis Ritson, but Lewis Ritson was never good. Um, he's never really fought anybody that was, you know, largely of note. His last opponent had 20 losses. On the other hand, Ponte does seem like he's got some power. And so this could be a very, very interesting fight. Um, but the thing I keep coming back on is like, you know, people that I really trust in terms of their ability to assess fights keep saying Ponce is a lot better than people are um, anticipating. So I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking that Matias is going to do what he usually does, which is like, he's going to get hit and he's also going to, at some point break through on it, on this dude. I, I think the thing with Matias that people, People like forecast him to just eventually lose, right? Because he he fights with such a um, it's not really like a sustainable style. It's like it's like pure sheer violence that like guys like that usually end up getting knocked out inevitably, right? But one thing that's very very unique with Matias is he's like a, a he's a boy athlete. Like I've watched him on the pads. I've looked at how he moves around in the ring. His body type. He's just a like. I see him as a guy that, like, if he wanted to run track, he'd be good. If he wanted to play soccer, he'd be good. If he wanted to play basketball at, like, a lower level, he'd be good. If he was, like, a baseball player, he'd be good. He's just a phenomenal athlete. And most guys like that, they end up fighting, like, Floyd or something like that. Or fight, like, like they they fight, like, the slick American style. but or, 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 like, Cuban style. But this kid's Puerto Rican. He has, like, a super rough background. Like, I was looking at his Instagram the other day. Maybe like a week or two ago, yo, this dude was at a chicken fight, yo, <laughs> with all guys speaking Spanish, and you could see them taking bets, like you could see them with the money in their hands, and you heard him talk Spanish, like I don't, I don't know Spanish, I don't know what he's saying, but I'm like, yo, this dude like was in jail, he's at the street, the hood chicken fight in Puerto Rico somewhere, or no, 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 he I trains out of Mexico, so he's no, no, the cockfights. Yo, he, he actually trains in Mexico, so he's probably, like, amongst, like, cartel people watching chicken fights. Like, this isn't, like, this <laughs> dude is different, yo. So, I, I don't know how long his style will last. I'm not <clears> saying he'll definitely win this weekend, but, like, this is a very unique fighter that we're in, like, the middle of witnessing. I, I don't know how long it'll last, but enjoy it for as long as it lasts. And I've watched... Um, his opponent a little bit and they actually fight similar like they're high volume guys they want to brawl they want to scrap um it's gonna be a hell of a fight man it's gonna be a hell of a fight um we really need to get lex on commentary imagine you're like just watching the fight and then lex brings up the you know matias is built for these types of fights he <laughs> trains alongside cartel members in mexico he asked them to fire their guns in order to simulate the sound of, you know, being rocked in a fight. <laughs> uh, but you know, nah, like a couple rounds gotta, later, Lex really... is like, he's like, oh, you see, Matias is using, employing a strategy that he learned at the cockfights in the streets of San Juan, Puerto Rico. Yo, it matters. You got to put yourself in the shoes of this dude. This guy is someone who takes pride in being a gangster, yo. Even, like, I, I haven't really, like, I, again, I don't know Spanish. I wish I did, but 
I'm pretty sure he talks about dedicating his fights to his dead friend who got murdered in like gang violence and he was in jail because he was in the street shit. Like this is a dude that embraces that street <clears throat> shit. Like Lex. and when you come when you're coming <clears throat> from like a a, a a Caribbean or South American place and that's what you're into, it's not like America. It's not it's real. American street shit isn't really real. When it's from Puerto Rico or the, the Trini or Cuba or Mexico, that shit is real. And so I, is I don't know. Like, I'm a, I'm Ponce a, has got to be prepared for the fire back because Matias has never not avenged the death of one of his game, gang members. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm a huge Matias fan. I hope he wins, man, because I want, I want the Matias hype train to last like, like I want two or three more years out of it, basically. Uh, all right. Um, undercard Elvis Rodriguez returns against Joseph Adorno. Uh, over under for like Elvis references. Um, seventy two. Like, if, if freaking Morrow's doing the card, a hundred. Joseph Adorno about to check into the Heartbreak Hotel. If he does not rise up in ten seconds from this, uh, uh, I can't think of any other Elvis songs. I'm trying to think of a name for Listen, a Morrow be like, I could tell that Elvis shined his blue suede shoes for this one. It, it, the guy <laughs> needs to chill it out with the puns already. Like, <laughs> you, you, you talk about Elvis Rodriguez in the, on the card. Well, we are about to enter the jailhouse rock as Subaru Matias makes his way to the ring. I mean, do you think that anyone has told Morrow that he needs to chill out with the puns? Like nah. he, it, it's like getting, it's so ridiculous now. Like look, initially it was pretty cool. He'd bust him out like once every other fight. He has like three per fight on a whole card now. It's like obnoxious. There's so I'm much, like I'm looking at uh, Elvis's um, like list of songs. There's so many good songs. ones you can do here. Well, yeah, I'm not looking at like the full discography here, but like, just like, oh, he's he's in there. He's doing the dirty work like a hound dog. He's definitely using hound dog, without a doubt. Uh, what's it? Uh, Morrow's Joseph like, Adorno, I love Morrow, but like Morrow's ridiculous, man. Like this guy's just become a joke. Joseph Adorno hoping, uh, you know, he doesn't get all shook up by oh, the Dominican. My God. If I hear all shook up, oh my God, mute my TV. At, you know. Adorno thought that his boxing skills would carry the day, but Elvis Rodriguez showed up as the devil in disguise. He's doing all these so pathetic. His bars are predictable. That's how dumb it is. Like, if he says any of these, let's do an emergency podcast. <laughs> that you predicted his whole like his whole fucking thing. There, uh, I mean, this one is. I'm trying to think of ones that actually like because uh, he's got some that's like surrender. No surrender in Elvis Rodriguez tonight. Like you can obviously hear that, but like you could also hear that if even his name was just like Kevin. Oh, this one is definitely gonna get said. A little less conversation. No talking oh, no, tonight. Man. It's a little. Uh, no, how would you fit that in? It's it's gonna get said for sure. In the ghetto. In the ghetto has got to be said. It's definitely got to be said. That's for Lex. Lex needs that one because he thinks that Subaru Matias is just some like you know, from the ghetto dude who's just like banging with cartels members and stuff like that. Yeah, I should have sent you the screenshot. I think I took one. I'll, I'll, find, I'll see if I can find it. I know, man, going back to Elvis Rodriguez, the Dominicans haven't been so hot, man, recently. 
Yeah, that You're is on, true. on a bit of a cold spell. That is true. I think we predicted was, this. You did predict this, actually. Did I do it? Or did, I just said we because I didn't know if it was me or you. No, I think it was you. You get the for this one. All right. Now, with that said, I don't want that to happen because I really, I, I like Elvis Rodriguez. I think he's, uh, he's an exciting fighter um, at 140. I think he brings a lot of good things to the ring. And um, I think it's, you know, it's good if this dude can, can be a guy that can keep winning. And I mean, ultimately, I want to see him fight Kenneth Sims again. Um, uh, Joseph Adorno is not bad, though. This dude was able to go the diff- distance with um, Michel Rivera. Definitely won rounds off of him. Um, I, I Adorno is not... He, his KO ratio is good, but I actually don't think he's got great power. I think he's got the kind of power that just doesn't really translate like beyond smoking like journeyman and maybe like fellow prospects, but like Elvis Rodriguez is not that. So like, I don't think Adorno is going to be able to really get to him unless Elvis Rodriguez, uh, just literally got pulled in from a cockfight. Um, <laughs> there's probably not a good likelihood that he's going to be able to, um, rock Elvis. And then, uh, damn, I cannot believe I said that. That's kind of a, a pun there. <laughs> And Adorno's have guys, he has a pretty good chin. So, you know. This means absolutely nothing, but that's not going to stop me from saying this. Jermaine Ortiz, who recently arguably went blow for blow with Vasily Lomachenko, the great Vasily Lomachenko, who's uh probably the fourth, third or fourth best lightweight in the world at this point. Um Jermaine Ortiz went even with him. Jermaine Ortiz also went even with Adorno and Adorno also dropped Jermaine a couple of times in that fight. I think that was a, it was a showbox fight. Interesting. Oh wait, no, this wasn't on showbox. This was on ESPN. Oh, uh, but to say, I know I, I actually, I don't know if Adorno's ever fought on ESPN or showtime showbox. I think he might've, but yeah, not, not the best. Oh, wait, maybe he's never fought on Showbox because he was with Top Rank? Maybe? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think Elvis should win this fight. Um, but Adorno, I think, is going to make this guy have to earn it. I think Adorno is a pretty competent fighter. Adorno's another sharp puncher. I wouldn't be shocked, to be honest, if, if Adorno catches him. Nah, no way. I don't think All so. Right. Um, In that Michelle Rivera, I saw a sharp puncher, but I saw a puncher who was also afraid to commit. <clears throat> But if if he's willing to commit against Elvis, don't be shocked. Hey, man. Michelle Rivera had issues in that fight. Not because he almost killed himself making weight, but because he became Muhammad Ali's spawn. And he had to fight like Ali in that fight, and it wound up being really to his detriment. Um, so, yeah. Elvis Rodriguez, I just want to po- point this out. He is a big boy at 140. He's a big guy in general. So I'm going to be, it'll be interesting to see how they look next to each other in the ring on fight night. Because Elvis Rodriguez is a big 140 pounder. So I want to throw that out there. And then also on the undercard, we will have the return of Jamal James fresh off of his defeat to uh, uh, Radzav Butaev. I don't know why I wanted to call him Rustam. Shout the house of discipline or circle of discipline. Yep. And he'll be fighting Alberto Palmetto. 
uh, like Ponce from Argentina. Um, Palmetto is interesting because if you remember, I don't remember the exact sequence. I should probably write this down because I need to reference it so many times. Palmetto was originally like part of the whole sequence that led to Gabriel Maestre robbing Michael Fox. Palmetto was wrapped up in that, in that he was actually supposed to be in one of the fights that wound up not happening, that down the sequence of things made that fight Maestre and Michael Fox possible. So that is pretty funny. But um, yeah, Jamal James has not fought in um a little over a, uh, a year a year and a half almost and um yeah palmetto recently fought last november so was it a sports bar a restaurant and bar yeah it was uh and i think that's a dr flag but yeah i don't know what to think of this fight but um at a minimum, Jamal James is usually in, in good fights. So I think overall, this card has high potential to deliver on being like just full on action packed from open to from open to close. There's a name on the on the card that you haven't mentioned. I'm shocked, and I'm waiting for you to say their name that they're coming back. Uh, and, well, I don't know. Um, we you may, you may have to open a box right. You may have to open a box right. That's all I'm gonna well, say. We are going to see the return of the 29th best heavyweight in the world, one Adam Konatsky. There you go. Brother coming in off he, of three straight losses. No? Yeah, Devin Vargas. Who the hell is that? Devin Vargas is, uh, he's been around for a really long time. He's fought a lot of people that you know but has never really gotten a chance to like get a fight on like a big profile. Um, but he's got losses to Charles Martin, Zili Zhang, Andy Ruiz, Dominic Brazil, uh, Kevin Johnson, just some names, you know, just throw out a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Vargas is a guy who I remember um, like in 09, I remember him being, undefeated i definitely remember seeing his name and then he loses to kevin johnson and then just like the wheels fall off super quick and that dude just comes continually keeps getting uh, i mean at least he's getting into to the ring with guys who wind up becoming names but like that dude just keeps taking l after l and so i mean for konaski if you can't beat devin vargas like they just gotta bar him from ever fighting again but i did see vargas fight charles martin on the Ruiz um, Ortiz card. This is like the first or second fight, by the way. And like Vargas is a frisky guy. He's not like a guy that you just come in and bomb out unless you are pretty damn good. He's a guy that at least knows how to last a little bit, a little bit. And so, yeah, Konatsky definitely has to come in correct or, uh, is it, I mean, basically, if this fight goes past like four rounds, this is bad, bad news for Konatsky. Um, could you tell me when you can get Robert Hellenius for a third time? Uh, no, no, <laughs> it's a joke. Kudra to Abdu Kakarov is gonna make his return. I, I, you know, I, I liked what I saw from him against Cody Crowley. You know, he lost fair. Um, but I, 
I really liked what I saw out of him. Like at a you know, I don't think he's great, but I thought he was a really entertaining fighter and like just adds depth to the welterweight division. Like I can think of I mean, basically you can match him with just about anybody and he's going to at least make for an interesting uh not in, I guess interesting is probably not the right word, an entertaining fight. So yeah, um that's the card for Saturday. Uh and that's really it for like actual serious boxing there's a jake paul card as well but we're not going to talk about that we're we've uh wasted all the jake paul stuff on carl frotch so yeah <laughs> anything else you want to say um i think that's it man hopefully um showtime gives us a bunch of that count naki action on youtube that'd be nice Holy crap, um, otherwise if i say if we get a Showtime announcement in the next couple of days, I think we should do a podcast review of the Probably. of whatever they announce. Probably, I think it's only right. Probably, but but who knows? Who knows? We don't know if they're going to do that. I mean, we got the Super Bowl out of the way. We got NBA All Star out of the way. the 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 runway is clear, Mister Espinosa. Let's let's do it. All right. Well. That wraps it up. Now, here's a final thing. Appreciate you listening, as always. If you want to, you know, be charitable. If you want to get more content, you go over to patreon.com slash sundaypuncher. You get onto our Patreon. You get additional podcasts. We don't always talk about boxing, but we mostly talk about boxing. When we talk about other things, we try to loop them into boxing. We had a conversation today a little bit about music talked about um dudes who showed up with embarrassing game plans and um lex always comes with conspiracy theories about related to boxing so you can hear his conspiracy theories um we talked no no we didn't record what we talked about with the all-star game but yeah so sunday puncher or patreon.com slash sunday puncher as low as one dollar get in and um you could support a good cause this is a, a great cause to get behind if you want to be so charitable i don't know if you can write it off but you know hey it's tax season so thank you guys so much for listening i appreciate it lex appreciates it and um keep yourself safe out there and we'll be back next week